0: Um, I think the moral is, uh, get woke. anything yet so like we have we have the 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 building blocks yes. to a podcast so audio after this song definitely
1: publish it yeah <laughs> so okay yeah <laughs> Sounds good. what
0: else okay what what have you been doing today um so let's see so today what I've been doing is watching a lot oh. of criminal minds and i know that, that it's not it's not highbrow tv or anything like that but I just, mm-hmm. I love everything about it. I love the crap music. Like, duh, 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 duh. And like it, it's, you know, perfect timing for whenever they're like, you should take note of this, right? Because somebody will say something like, I don't know where my child was. And it's like, duh, 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 duh. and you're like, oh my God, they totally know oh, where their child yeah. was. <laughs> and you're like, ah, and it's, it's just like plays with your emotions. Exactly. Correct. Correctly, And um, I just love everything about it. I love that it's all about these serial killers and they're like, we have to find this profile. But the profile is literally always like, we we expect it's a (laughs) white man suffering from narcissism. He's 20, maybe 30. And he's killing people. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like obsessed, you know, I I don't know what to tell you. One of my favorite parts is that they have this woman on it, Penelope. And she's like their data guru person, and she has like like maybe she has like maybe twelve monitors in this like room that she's in, and like a tiny little keyboard. And they're like they're like Garcia, we need license plates of blue sedans in the city of Philadelphia. And she's like I got you, boo. And then like she just types a bunch of stuff, and a bunch of stuff come on her screen. And then within like three seconds, she has like lists of names huh. that they should follow, right? And she's just like really good at like web scraping the web. And I'm like, that's the type oh, of data tight. you want to be a forensic, wanna forensic be data scientist? <laughs> I want to be like Penelope. <laughs> no, I just want to be as good at my job well, as she is. All that stuff in the media, right? <laughs> I know like, it's like TV magic. I always magic, laugh well. at mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to talk like this. All so, right. we're speaking about criminal minds. What else? Remind me what we were talking about.
0: I think you were going
1: to tell me that you think it's funny when they yeah, like you know, the video go photography <laughs> like zoom in. No. That's not possible. So, yeah. along the same lines, I think that data scientist no. who can pull up a like a targeted list within 3 seconds is also not possible.
0: It's it's absolutely not. One of my favorite things is like in the first episode or maybe the second, they're looking at potential places where this this uh, serial killer could have gone. And they open up this computer screen and they're like, this program maps the potential or it like runs this like model that maps like the potential places he could have gone. And like the model is so fucking fast. It like they takes would have literally like fire, four seconds. But they would have had to file a, and I'm like, a, a warrant yeah. with Apple first. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, what they did was they like pinpointed all of the places where the murders took place. And they, like, thought about, like, where is the likely place that the next murder might take place, right? And so it was, like, this type of, like, probabilistic sort of model. Um, But the problem is, like, that type of model, like, they literally had, like, 12 data points. So it wasn't enough of a sample size. (laughs) And, like, it would still, if it was, like, an accurate model, like, let's say they had, like, maybe, you know, maybe a good, you know, I don't know. Like if they were using it for like multiple different types of murderers and like same sort of profile, et cetera, et cetera. Like this type of churning of this model would still take a while. Like usually I don't know, at work it takes like thirty minutes to sometimes like a full day just to like run. So you know, in two thousand five I hear those were really oh! big. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> <damn>. <laughs> Yeah. Cool.
1: So you've been marathoning criminal minds all day
0: <laughs> yeah uh that's literally it i wish i could tell you something more interesting but that's my life i've decided like you know maybe i am very basic we talked last time about how uh, i was like i'm not basic bit. but like you know maybe it's okay i think maybe it's, it's okay, okay to, to be to a little sit down basic and relax. I,
1: I really want to schedule a day to do that
0: soon mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah let me tell you I don't know if you've heard of this show called Criminal Minds, <laughs> but it's a great way to passively, to just waste an yeah. entire day, you know? That's, that's what I'm cool. into. Yeah. I
1: really like yeah. that.
0: How about you? What, what have you been oh, doing? Oh, no, just I really oh, like sorry, Steven, I
1: song he made for us. Mm-hmm. And, It's yeah. so good! And um, today mm-hmm. has been so action-packed, I don't know where to begin I
0: could begin at the beginning. Oh my god, start from the top. Um, mm-hmm. That's a good place to start, but are you sure you don't want to start at the end? Sure, give so me the steps I'll start at the end. There. I ate a quesadilla right before this. Um,
1: <laughs> it, was, it was really good because I made it All myself right. and put some, some truffle salt and olive oil on it, and it was a good, it was good, yeah. and then before that... I was up here typing a bunch of stuff on the internet. What was I doing specifically? Yeah. Setting up the uh indivisible email blast that's going out tomorrow morning and our medium publication and planning the communications team structure because for no, your for indivisible. Okay, so I'm splitting I don't maybe know. now I'm jumping further back in time, but over the last week or so, I have developed strong emotions, <laughs> and I don't know what to do. With <laughs> them. And it's very—it's troubling because now every other time in my life seems so bleak and emotionless in comparison to this
0: time. Oh my god! Can we unpack all of this? So let's let's Wait, create a profile why do you have to create you? it? Is this,
1: are you criminalizing so- me? <laughs>
0: sorry okay i'll resist the urge is that what you're saying no 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 i i I am just a you know an innocent oh you just profile indiscriminately
1: i don't know if you're You're a serial killer yet you're just profiling
0: yeah just profile yeah yeah i am i'm an ent profiler yeah all right that's even worse okay I'm just, you know, my mind is in criminal mindland. I'm sorry, but I do want to hear about all your emotions. Um, let's let's start with all of them.
1: My first emotion. What are is these emotions? Kung Fu
0: Panda. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dude, have you seen the Slava Zizek no. on Kung Fu Panda? I feel like there are a lot of emotions. <gasps> I will can... get okay. more
1: emotions watching that. But yeah. so Kung Fu Panda as a story, yeah. it's like the most uplifting, perfect hero story, like ever with such a good message for society. Yeah. For Tell me the story for like oh my god. Okay. Oh, where do I begin? So you've never
0: seen KFP? <laughs> I've never seen KFP, but I will after this podcast. Wait. Okay. Tell me the so story though.
1: It's it's kind of typical kung fu hero story, which is there's like an orphan uh, he's adopted and raised with a different family. He idolizes kung fu and practices, and then one day, because of fate, he's chosen to be like a chosen warrior, uh, and go fight bad guys. Mm-hmm. But so it so it's a normal story arc, right. and it's got all the familiar tropes of like the strict master and like his accomplices, his other kung fu master friends, but then the way The way that it shines mm-hmm. is in the execution of that story, so first of all, everyone's an animal, so it's not really about race or anything. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of animals, and they're all getting along, even though they're different species. like this is totally cool. And then um, at the very sure. end, there's always some great moral, like the way that he unlocks his ability to defeat the the most powerful evil. Uh, And he's the only one who's strong enough to do it. Everyone else, no matter how hard they train, he's the one who kind of just naturally fell into it and has the nicest heart. Like, he's along the journey just, like, helping people out, even though they seem like bitches, a lot of these characters. And then he's just so patient with them. So he exemplifies patience, good Mm -hmm. choices, even when you're not sure what to do. He always makes the, the most moral choice. And then and then at the very end Ooh. of the story in order to defeat the the villain throughout the entire movie he discovers something new about how he can believe in himself even more than he already does and that's always the way that he wins no and it's always a lesson that you can apply to your own life uh, and it's so it's kind of like yeah. a philosophy <laughs> like the kung fu fan of philosophy
0: yeah dude yeah, I feel like Kung Fu Panda is like the panda version of the Nicomachean Ethics, right? It's like he is just better at discovering his golden mean. Sure. Yeah, like I feel like Aristotle will be like, "Yeah, this guy yeah. is my target yeah. audience sure this ethics, for this particular book on ethics." Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're so great yeah. at storytelling I mean, and yeah.
1: these same these like virtuous ethics. um... In a in a very simple way, Um, and I'm hooked um, because my roommates and I we just sit down and we've been marathoning it basically because there's also a TV show
0: on Kung Fu Panda. There's
1: a there's three movies, two specials, and a three season Mm -hmm. long TV show.
0: Shit, they make milked
1: the shit out of
0: that. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, that's great.
1: It's so inspiring. So that's like one emotion of mine is just being inspired, and I guess inspired to become Mm -hmm.
0: a hero for myself. So, do you think that like this comes from like? So, I guess the lesson that you're getting from it is this idea that to be a good hero is to really know yourself and to trust your instincts, or what is it?
1: Have to be um i guess you have to want to do good for other people and in order to do that mm-hmm. it takes um it takes belief i guess it's a story about faith like you just have faith in yourself
0: yeah interesting i like that yeah i think like that's been always my well i guess i've always like made it a more boring read of like the nicomachean ethics where i was like I'm always like, damn, if I eat this bagel, is this a good habit that I'm developing? And as such, like, if I ever get into a situation where I have to make a good decision, will this particular bagel make it, does this, like, you know, eating of this bagel make it so that I'll make a good decision later on? So, like, it's like a a cultivation of the right habits, because it's in the habits that make you, like, a a good person of some sort. Mm -hmm. So,
1: eating a bagel is a really good example of the lessons that Kung Fu Panda... Um, teaches no really because the, the panda yeah.
0: the reason why I said bagel is because of that like that, like Chekhov quote you know where it's like I think it's Chekhov <laughs> I might have made this up um, that it was Chekhov not that I made up this quote but it's something like um, in the eating of simple breakfast uh, just the eating of simple breakfast families lives are made or destroyed and I'm like oh. yeah habits the mundane that shit's real hmm Mm. but i think i think that that's my take of it but i think your take is 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 more interesting which is this more like holistic view of yeah. self so, and trust and faith The Kung and Fu self.
1: panda interpretation of that breakfast and bagel eating scenario is whatever you are impelled to do like if you crave a bagel that's a part of you and you should eat it and you should own it and you should ah. utilize that desire to to help you be better. Like he he uses yeah,
0: you gotta be you gotta be nourished to help that, people. This you guy,
1: know this panda has an eating problem. Like he binge eats everything, but then they oh. ended up harnessing that to train him in kung fu skills
0: that are unique to him. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I love it. So it's, like, a pure understanding of self. And it seems like because he was so pure in his understanding, that that's why he was, like, uniquely fit to solve this, like, battle yeah. of this villain.
1: And, and yeah, he just understood how he worked. And he just had faith that doing the right thing is always going to prevail. There's a lot of talks about, like, chi and how, like, his chi is just so mm-hmm. flowy that this other dude, this other dude who's, <laughs> this villain's, um, I think this is the second movie, or the third one, um, uh, this villain mm. is absorbing all the chi of all the zen masters in the spiritual realm. Like, it's some crazy shit. Like, how do you do that? They're already dead <laughs> and enlightened, and he's in there killing them again and stealing their powers. So this villain's fucking Damn. crazy. And then he pops out of the spiritual realm because now he's captured all the chi in there, which is a shitload of chi. And he comes on to take take on the panda on Earth. Yeah. And the panda is like, all right, you want my chi? You can have it. He gives him all of his chi, and then the dude, like, explodes because he's like, this is too much chi because he wasn't enlightened.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. And so... Interesting. So it's also a story about, like how greed overwhelms exactly. absolutely
1: so ah oh, so inspiring
0: mm. so that's one emotion um <laughs> the okay. second emotion inspiring. or in inspiration yes. and faith I okay guess, well Got i mean, so i'm I just taking notes but yeah
1: so the second theme of my emotional feelings stage is uh activism like politically which is very confusing. I've never Mm -hmm. done that before. And now... So I went out last night with a bunch of old coworkers um, who I was designing with back in in the day. And I just Mm -hmm. couldn't... So I've had this experience twice this week. Once last night and once at like a Founders Fund mixer thing where you can pitch to like female VCs, which would have gotten me so hyped back in the day. But now I was sitting there just thinking oh my god, everything's falling apart, the First Amendment is failing, like, the world is fucks, we need a hero, like Kung Fu Panda, and then I just couldn't pay attention <laughs> to the talk, like, at all, and I couldn't really, I feel like I can't really connect with Damn. people now unless they're politically active, but just this week, like, if you don't respond emotionally <laughs> to, like, sure. the fact that we might all blow up soon the fact that people are getting like deported mm-hmm. and put in detention camps in horrible conditions and if that's not like resonating with you and you're going to go back to just doing your job then i'm angry at you now <laughs> and so this is a weird emotion i usually yeah. don't get into a cycle like this of like blaming anybody for any belief that they have i'm usually pretty open about mm-hmm. non-judgment but now i feel this intense laser beam of judgment coming
0: out of me and it's kind of uncontrollable <laughs> damn I mean like I think it's like totally a valid feeling right I feel like um there's like that uh I think we read it in high school like oh, yeah. the um, Eli Wiesel 19... thing right where it's like the the enemy of of love yeah isn't hate mm. it's indifference and then there's like that whole like Hannah Arendt talk um about how evil is actually embedded with, what, like, the banal, uh, right, said. like, the banality I some, of evil. Like, a
1: Holocaust anniversary thing. She also said something along those lines.
0: Yo. Well, uh, she was definitely quoting from Hannah oh, Arendt. okay, I got I'm it. All I'm saying. Yes, time. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's totally valid. Like it's so crazy, right? Like I I read these stories about how like the new memo about um what to do with people who are here illegally and how it's basically like now open season mm-hmm. for these people, right? Where like they're now in the state where where, if they get raped, if they get robbed, anything like terrible that happens to them, like they can't call the cops because there's like fear of deportation. Oh, because man. there's no clear guidelines of like whether or not somebody is going to be deported because they're a criminal, but it could be like literally anyone uh, children, families, uh, moms, grandmas, etc. And it's just like despicable because uh, they're human. <laughs> it, it we're all so human, goddammit. Yeah,
1: it's and it's fucking and terrible. I was thinking, um, driving in San Francisco, uh, It was Saturday Mm -hmm. night, so all these cops were, like, driving up behind me and trying to, like, intimidate me with their tailgating tactics to make me drive Mm -hmm. faster so they could maybe Mm -hmm. pull me over. And I was like, come on, guys. Um, You guys have nothing to do on a Saturday night than to, like, look for drunk drivers? Like, isn't there some, some, like, woman who's been beaten who needs your help? Isn't there some, like, someone getting robbed somewhere? Like, can you go, like, be like protect citizens instead of trying to like arrest us for having <laughs> fun I mean not that I was driving drunk or that <laughs> I condone that but like you know it just made me suddenly realize you, like I don't yeah, know how I, I have thought about this enough given all the police brutality stuff that's been happening I feel like I've been kind of ignoring it and like yeah that sucks but cops are only mm-hmm. bad when they kill people and now I'm really kind of Flipping it and being like, wait, the whole way the system is set up is not through a a place of like caring about people. It's it's like enforcing laws mm-hmm. and and that's just oh
0: right. Yeah, I remember hearing this podcast. I don't remember which one it was. It's was probably like I think it was This American Life. I'm not sure. Um, I'll I'll try to find it for you because it was really good and it was talking about like uh, uh police and and communities and whatnot. And if I'm remembering it correctly, which I Probably I'm butchering it in some way or another. Um, it was talking a lot about how some of the places that have um, gotten uh, like better in terms of like their relationship with the community and, and police and whatnot have been the ones that encourage police to actually go out into the public um, and just talk to people like in normal ways, and that you set, you make sure that people have different like shifts, okay. right? So that way like you're not just You mean like what- how tech companies sometimes oh, make their engineers go talk to the users? <laughs> but actually yeah, but it's so true, right? Like if you're if you're an engineer at Google and like you're making you're making software and your only users are other Google engineers, but your target market is like everybody that ha- owns a computer, like you're definitely not going to understand the normal computer user because you're a, you're going to yeah, be using it totally. a little bit differently, which, right?
1: which also reminds me. I think me, that's totally valid. Um, yeah. This week, I've discovered Slack is actually not easy to use, um, which is weird. See, what? so you don't believe this because Slack only gets good press, right? No. Um, <laughs> it it gets pressed for like good design. Well, I use Slack every day. You use it. Everyone you work with uses it. It's like figure outable mm-hmm. and better than the competition, but. In in this Indivisible group, which is made up of just regular people who live in Oakland, we invited everyone to a Slack group mm-hmm. instead of Facebook, because we don't use Facebook that much. But yeah. everyone's, like, resistant Fair. to using Slack. Um, like, only 50% of the people that we invited actually created accounts. And a lot of people, once they open it, mm-hmm. they're like, wait, how do I use this? And then in talking to people in person and saying like, hey, yeah, that's a great idea. Can you Slack me? And they're like, how do I do that? And I'm like, okay, let's open up our phones together and I'm gonna show you how to scroll all the way down on the left-hand column after you find the left-hand column and click direct message, but only the title, not the plus, or or I guess you could click the plus, but not the underneath, right? Part. And then you type and search a name. And then it just made me realize, okay, that's like one, two, three, four actions on a mobile phone to open a new message. So I feel like I've been swayed by yeah. the whole like Slack is great thing, but from an objective UX standpoint, mm. if your app is about messaging, shouldn't new message be like one or two taps away?
0: I thought Slack though was less about like the direct messaging aspect and more about the channels, right? And so it's more about like being able to very quickly have groups of channels similar to like a chat room. True. And... Um, so that you guys can talk yeah, about like specific still... things to that. Even so, like if you look at the channels, competition though, for is that hard
1: for these people.
0: Yeah, because if you press a plus sign, then it creates, like, an entirely new channel rather than adding a channel that you're looking for. Yeah, just the tap target's really small to, make.
1: to, to <laughs> click on the list of all channels. So, whatever. Just an yeah. interesting tidbit yeah. that, yeah, if if you're making a service for everyone, that's maybe test it with more people. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I feel like I feel like Slack works really well in like dev teams who are used to things like either IRC mm-hmm. or forums or stuff like this. Um, you know, kids kids that when they were younger were like all up in those like mm-hmm. chat channels and stuff like this. I don't know if it works for for many other people. I don't know if Slack's trying well, to be for for everyone, maybe, but maybe if they you are. Look at their yeah.
1: homepage, they have um, their hero image. Actually, I think they changed it like, last month or the month before, but prior to Mm. that, every time I had opened their homepage, it had a photo of, like, space, or, like, NASA, and they were like, yeah, people at NASA use us, so, like, everyone else can, too. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
0: If it's good for rocket scientists, it's good for Um, you, too. So That's a good message.
1: I don't want to talk too much about Slack, the... Mm the indivisible group thing is like the coolest thing that I'm doing lately yeah
0: yeah tell Um, me about it
1: it's just resisting trump there's a handbook you can download online um at Mm indivisibleguide.com and then you just kind of join a group start a group if there isn't one near you um I joined one near me that has about 60 people in it and nice just super everyone's so like Angry and passionate, like me. Maybe that's where I'm. It's amplifying my emotions as well, um, and then absolutely kind of organizing and getting things done. So today there was a Diane Feinstein Empty Chair Town Hall because she didn't show up, um, and it's getting a lot of press mm-hmm. about like her not showing up to talk to her constituents. There are hundreds of people there, and then um, oh, George Lakoff gave a talk. That's what happened. And that was really mm. inspirational, too, because um, he was just kind of pointing out some weird cognitive inefficiencies that we have or that the movement has as a whole. And a lot of it is mm-hmm. an appeal to emotion, which I don't think we really do, or I at least I don't do it in my life, talking to other people about like how um, the ideal world should be. It's always a logical argument it's always based on reason and then I expect the other person to be like you're right that deductive reasoning was perfect Mm -hmm. I believe you now Uh, yeah that was on point point. like I love what you did there (laughs) great (laughs) argument bravo (laughs) (laughs) and even though that's what I would do (laughs) that's not what everyone would do Mm -hmm. and so that was one of the key That's takeaways true. from his talk. And he also analyzed all of Trump's tweets and found, like, and, like, someone mm. on his team made an infographic of, like, his Trump's, like, strategy in his social media. <laughs> so just interesting stuff happening right now. Yeah. That's very interesting.
0: I, I feel like it's it's always important to be cautious about the use of emotion, though. I, there was this, um, there's this like, I think I honestly like most of my news comes from podcasts. I should probably diversify, um, but I I, <laughs> I was already listening to this podcast <laughs> and um, there was this woman on it um, who was somebody who like analyzes and takes a look at successful protests and protests throughout the years, right? Like that's her, that's her main focus of study. Um and one thing that she noted was that like the most successful things are actually not ones that generally appeal to emotions yeah. per se, right? That like it's if you're playing this game of ideology and like winning the hearts and minds, that it's actually not very um it's not a very long-term strategy. Sure you can get more people to like join your cause and stuff like this, but like the people that you're actually targeting to like change their minds, they're not going to respond to it because they have different axioms than you do. So it there it becomes like this question. I think she also yeah. quotes Hannah Rent. So like Hannah Rent get you know, a long game like a lot of play here. But um one thing that she writes a lot about is that the real way to change is to really change incentives. Like it should just be like easier yeah. for you to do something, right? So I like to no, think just, about it yeah, oh, it should be ahead.
1: easier because that's why people aren't already politically active. It is very difficult.
0: Sure. Yeah. So like for example, like I think that it starts with people, this is my very uh, unacademic analysis. (laughs) So I think like, let's take a look at something like uh, Mm -hmm. sustainable foods, yeah? So the moment, I think that that movement wins only and only if you have the ability to get sustainable foods very easily at like fast food restaurants Mm -hmm. and bodegas, right? It's not in the Whole Foods and things like this, right? Sure, it's like you're making it easier for like a certain type of consumer to buy better things, and like if people can very easily go into like a Starbucks and say and buy like a fair trade coffee, and that's just like in their general routine, then you're like starting to win the movement. Yes, there needs to be people who are like very critical about this and make sure that it's not just a marketing play, etc. But it has to be in the incentives of the people that mm-hmm. have the most power, right? So if like McDonald's, McDonald's like um, for example was very receptive to this, right? They bought Chipotle because people were like, "I want my foods to come from a certain place. I like the way Chipotle tastes. I like this kind of like slow fast food thing." And I think McDonald's has done like a lot of stuff in terms of making sure that their beef comes from sustainable farms and stuff like that, like around the world. Um, you know, I'm I'm a vegetarian, so I don't eat I don't eat meat, so I don't actually I really know. I didn't know McDonald's used but meat at the same time, like burgers. <laughs> like... <laughs> Right. So I eat McDonald's every day. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Um, But I think that that's I think that that's where it's one. Right. It's one in the boring tasks that people do on a daily basis. It's not one by like yelling at people. I mean, you start I think you have to start with it by yelling at people, getting enough people angry that companies are like and individuals are like, shit, I should think about this. But there's that aspect of like, I've thought about this. Now what? And if it's harder for you to make a good decision than it is for you to make a normal one, it's exactly. not nothing so going to change. So that's the
1: part that I also thought was the biggest mm-hmm. um, hurdle to getting people to actually take action instead of just being like, man, the world's fucked. All right, let's go smoke some weed and watch a movie. Yeah. <laughs> or, or let's go play some video games. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah. Let's have yeah. sex. And let's then, get like, on Tinder. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like always thinking that in mm-hmm. the background. Mm-hmm. So I I see it in myself prior to this week, and I see it in almost everybody around me. And I think as part of this, like, yeah. I'm going to be learning, and I'm going to be angry, and I'm going to be surrounded by angry people at the, at these events. But then, um, midterm like that's my short term. But the midterm plan is like come up with some kind of solution. From a UX perspective, that will mm-hmm. actually solve this pain point. Um, so, sure. Which pain where, point, sorry? Uh, you need to make it easy to make a good decision, rather than just a normal one, and yeah. have it be very accessible to and very easy on a fast food level, like it's fast too- food voting or whatever.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah. For sure. But I think you're being too broad, though. What's your What's gonna be your first topic that you're gonna like tackle?
1: Um, I think the the gap between getting angry, knowing you should be talking to your senators, and then not actually doing it. So the same space that um, I see. apps like Countable are trying to work on, or like Even Change dot org, mm-hmm. um, any anything that's just trying to take mm-hmm. an idea and turn it into something that is connected to Congress.
0: I see. So you're thinking, like, basically, like, I imagine it, like, um, like you Google something, like, angry, or, like, like deportation, and, like, the first ad that pops up is, like, call your senator, and you click to call, like, using Google AdWords, <laughs> and, you like, that's, that's the thing.
1: Right. We could do a click-to-call campaign. Yeah. Um, I have to talk to... Uh, yeah, the sure. show. Yeah, I'm going to call an attorney soon and figure out... I have, like, five different ideas on this. Um one of them is something like mm-hmm. that which is like calling um calling a senator but I think that a lot of people would not actually call and I want to see if it's legal mm-hmm. to pay someone else to call for you
0: <laughs> So that's one way to solve the problem right
1: um, Cuz I was talking
0: sure like a task rabbit specifically for like, yeah, out, for, like for like activism. Like, like I want to be, I want to do some activism, but I exactly. want somebody else so to do it. For that me. Just fits. <laughs> it's like the bougiest thing I I've ever heard, but I love it. Continue. See all
1: these like on-demand <laughs> delivery apps. Why not just have a virtual assistant who you can tweet articles at? And then they'll create some sort of mosaic Mm -hmm. of your political preference and then call senators on your behalf. And then you'll get a digest of like, hey, here's all the senators that were called on these issues that we think you care about.
0: Oh my Um, God, that's incredible.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I just don't know if it's legal. I know it's legal to call a senator on behalf of someone who's disabled. Um, I found that online. But I need to call a legislative attorney Mm -hmm. in order to see if it's legal to have Mm -hmm. a, a subscription service.
0: I mean, (laughs) I know that, like, I know that it's legal, or so, sorry, I'm sorry, I know that um, calling is more effective, at least that's what articles online say, but maybe, like, yeah, but maybe, like, the email approach could be fine, too, where, like, um, you can draft emails for people, they can review them, and then you can have them send it, so at least, like, that could be your, like, your beta version, which is, like, Like an email, an emailing platform where maybe you like take a survey, you give it the articles, you have some like machine learning that like helps people decide or helps like decide like what type of issues are important to them, and then it helps craft some emails. And then you can like go through the emails and be like, Yeah, I want to send this, I want to send this, I don't want to send this, I want to send this. This all hinges on
1: two things. Um, One of them is the legality of this, Mm -hmm. like how much can we do for another person legally, and the second thing is. How mm-hmm. do members of Congress actually want information presented? So right now, I know that when you call an intern sure. like tallying your vote next to like a specific issue, and they make sure mm-hmm. you fall into a certain bucket. So the instant metaphor that I thought of from the tech world is like, oh, customer support, and like they just need to get on like Zendesk yeah. or something, and then they can have statistics
0: in a little dashboard.
1: <laughs> and sure. Yeah. So that must be why they hate <laughs> getting called, right? Calls, right?
0: <laughs> have like their their chart beat and like mix panel just to see yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: congress side that feeds our insights directly to them and then as a as a business sure yeah have a relationship with them and be like hey we show up at your office every so often and just present our report in a more fun way to so that you know hey there's like Ten thousand yeah. people who believe this, because I, I think that if I make it really fucking easy yeah. and well designed, posted on Product Hunt, a lot of people are going to use it.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely. Wait, I want to help. My secret dream is to be Edward Tufty. So, like, if I can help in any way, like I'm going to start taking a design Wait, class soon, just so I like don't suck Edward at it. What? Um, Edward Tufty, uh, Tufty T-u-f-t-e. I'm Not familiar
1: with this guy. How'd you learn about him?
0: Yeah. Oh, he is like, a data Oh, god. I see. Like, <laughs> yeah, most of his yeah. images are... Yeah, he runs, like, these workshops, and he has these... Yeah. He has, like, these really wonderful books that are just about, like, the visualization of data in ways that get you the information as fast as possible. So he has, like, a lot of, like, like yeah, it's, like, pseudo-zen stuff, like, um, as little information um, that only the information that needs to be presented, like, what you label, what you don't label, the use of color, etc., as a way to, nice. like, get you the information like as fast as possible. There's also
1: hilarious, I'm scrolling his Google Images right now, and there's one of him, like, holding his hand out, like, this, yeah. next to another image of, like, a crazy yeah. graph, so it looks
0: like he's shooting the graph out of his hand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, he is the super okay, Saiyan cool. of data, you know.
1: That's Great, because graphs mm-hmm. are one of my least favorite things to design. <laughs> mm.
0: Oh um, my God. They're like my Once favorite, again, so perfect. perfect. Yay!
1: <laughs> so <now laughs> I actually think this could be a huge startup. No matter what form it takes, I think there is room, mm-hmm. and it's actually a great idea for more and more startup people to start something in this space and try to tackle this problem. There's only like two other apps Absolutely. doing it. And we can all find our own way to address mm-hmm. this.
0: Sure. I mean, it's basically like... I mean, there are, like, many companies, though, in the audience inside sure. so space, it'll right? so we'll
1: just taking stuff from other industries and putting it in this... In voter engagement. Yeah. In government? Voter yeah. engagement, dude. Yeah, sure. I'm into it. We gotta figure this mm-hmm. shit out. Yeah. Uh, mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and even more than that, my, my dream is to put... um like a a button in whatever app that we make that's kind of like the bat signal. And it's like, help, I am in distress. <laughs> and it's like, oh no, tell me what is your problem. <laughs> and then you fill out like whatever and and you kind of post it for help in this network of people who are half moderators, half heroes. And then they point you to like, say you just got raped or something, they point you to RAIN and then you call them and now... You're like, oh, thank you for connecting me to this organization. I didn't know this existed, um, or a way to sure, yeah. like local law enforcement, or like, I don't know, just some sort of like citizens action group, which I think is also the thing that George Lakoff is trying to start and Michael Moore. But um, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Just why not just make another one that is an app that is yeah. like Snapchat? It's <laughs> sure be like Snapchat.
0: My- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, perfect. I love it. I, I think that's always, that's always good. I worry that, like, it's sometimes easier to just, like, start these type of things within apps that already exist. Like, I know, like, the alt-right got pretty important with Twitter, Reddit, and, uh, like, probably 4chan. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, it might be nice to, like, leverage some of the things where there are already people. True. All
1: right. We will leverage the things.
0: Yeah. But I'm saying that, though, because, like, I'm lazy as yeah. fuck. Right? <laughs> Like today, I was supposed to go onto this conference call. It was like called Peer, Power People. That the ACLU was like trying to teach people oh, how to oh be yeah, more active citizens. Because I like I'm a monthly donor now. Yeah, but I totally nice. like slept through it. So, <laughs> so that's my that's my activism, Megumi. I'm well, so sorry. <laughs> sometimes yeah.
1: When I get really overloaded, I have no choice but to sleep too. Maybe it's a stress, a reaction to stress. I'm yeah. just trying to frame it so that yeah. you're still an activist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure. I mean, I do donate to ACLU and Planned Parenthood, so yeah. there's always that. Oh man, yeah. so much to do.
1: So this fits in really well, though, with my life. Mm. I don't think I can ever work for a company again. Now that I'm in, I'm doing mm. this part of the time all this activism that I'm now doing and then I'm also doing my weed company the other part of the time and they intersect kind of beautifully because Damn. for example HR 975 mm-hmm. is in the Senate I'm sorry, the House Judiciary Committee right now Yeah, and uh, that's very important yeah. it's going to uh, renew the Rohrbacher Fire amendment which um, prohibits the federal government from spending money on um, drug busts for weed in states where it's legal so that is very important Damn. and might not get renewed yeah. so that's gonna mean we're all fucked so <laughs> very important yeah. opinion, everyone tell them H.R. 975 so see
0: they, they like the two lives intersect beautifully
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I really like this like um, I feel like our last podcast was more about like sleep and stuff and now this podcast is about like getting oh, woke yeah. it's all
1: about being <laughs> woke and staying woke. Yeah. There were so many woke, yeah. like, young kids at this event what? today, too. Yeah. Oh Man. Kids are so woke.
0: Yeah. That's cute. They're so woke. So
1: everything seems to be going pretty well. That that um <coughs> Profit Power Pursuit podcast I've been listening to is really helping me move faster and more mm-hmm. efficiently. Mm-hmm. I think I've been getting really caught up in, like, oh, I really want to do this, and this, and this, and this, and this, these are all great ideas, I'm going to now write mm-hmm. each project into a million subtasks, and then put them all on my calendar, so that I get all five of these things done concurrently, but that's only for one of my three projects that I'm mm. all tackling all at the same time, and each one of them has five sub-projects, and so on, and so on, and so every day, no. when I open to-do list, I'm just like, oh my god, what did I do to myself? Um, but I get, <laughs> I get a lot done, but I yeah. also don't, because... It's not very. Mm. I end up putting myself in the situation that I felt like I was at at work, like just executing a bunch of tasks without really seeing the big yeah. picture, and then I did that to myself, right? Even though I'm in charge of my own time, so that was shitty. Um uh, So this is.
0: Weird. Yeah, there's this quote that I really love. That's like, we who, uh, uh, I think I said this last time too. We who cut mere stones must always be envisioning cathedrals, mm. and there it is.
1: Or just. Build a fucking cathedral. Mm. That's my motto. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: you don't. But you gotta cut the Not. stones, right? Like, no, you, it that's isn't. gotta be on your task list. <laughs> I'm
1: changing my task list. Oh. So, my optimization updates for my productivity this week, um, I've switched over to bullet journaling, like, exactly.
0: Oh, I love bullet I'm doing journaling. Like, exactly yeah,
1: so I like downloaded the source code. Basically, I was like mm-hmm. writing out my like all the pages you're supposed to do the monthly and the index and the future log and all that. And then mm-hmm. thinking like, dude, this is exactly like cloning a repo in GitHub. Like, I'm just, I'm just writing it all down exactly as it says on mm-hmm. the website.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Um,
1: and so now I'm going awesome. to write everything on paper.
0: Do you let me know how it goes? I'm always interested.
1: Yeah, it's just. It's a in way how bullet to and stuff my is. desk yeah. flow, because every time I get an idea, I end up picking up a piece of scratch paper and scribbling a bunch of stuff on it that only I can read, and then I put it in a pile of other papers and such on my desk. And then whenever yeah. I have an idea I want to refer back to, it's like, oh shit, I got this whole pile of papers. So the bullet journal is my attempt to optimize that and, and have...
0: Sure, I feel like the having it be analog helps quite a bit. Um, I feel like having having an analog approach is always, always ideal, because it, like, makes it so that you can only kind of think yeah. about a couple of things at once. It's that like was.
1: rude if you're writing in a notebook in public, versus, like, you're on your phone. Yeah. But then, I was thinking last night, because, okay, I was at a bar last night, writing in my notebook while talking to yeah. a group of people, and then I just realized, okay, in the olden days, this was the equivalent of texting while you're hanging out with your friends, right? It's like... Writing in your notebook, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> so it's still kind of rude,
0: oh my God, that's so true,
1: but less rude
0: it's it's like it's more like like you're an n y u student, you're like, I gotta write in my notebook,
1: I don't know that many out here, you know so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not always uh, good point wait okay. let me let me charge my computer one second <laughs> alright I think I think this is good for the podcast oh, it it's is. like an hour okay. now I guess that's it for the podcast yes